Uh, at about 5 o'clock this morning uh, in my hotel, I got a text from my wife with a picture of my newest grandchild. Uh, and she's a guppy. Uh, and uh, her name, we already knew it was a girl, because you know the younger uh, generation has reveal parties. How many know what I mean? Yeah, well, we didn't have reveal parties in my day uh, when we were repopulating the earth. Uh, but nowadays, they do. So we already knew it was a girl. We had to have a reveal party. And then both sides of the family had to have baby showers. You know, the bride's side had a baby shower. And then the groom's side, you know, we had a baby shower. Uh, so um, they got everything they needed, amen, for, listen to this, Willow Violet. Amen. Amen. That's also a sign of your generation. Amen. Amen. Willow. Willow Violet. Uh, and so, so glad to be here. Uh, had an awesome drive here yesterday through the mountains of Pennsylvania, almost nine hours to get here. Uh, nasty weather, nasty weather from 4 or 5 uh, to 6 a.m. Nasty weather coming through the mountains of Pennsylvania. Uh, when I crossed the borders into Ohio, it leveled out. Amen. Amen. It leveled out and cleared up, and I had a nice drive. And so uh, thank you for hosting me. Uh, I had a wonderful uh, night's rest, and I'm absolutely raring, as we used to say, to, to go. Amen. Yeah. Raring to go. Uh, and so um, uh, in the Old Testament, they couldn't figure out prophets. I don't know whether we have yet today in the New Testament but in the Old Testament, they couldn't figure it out. But it seems as if God uh, gave certain individuals an ability to hear from Him and to speak for Him. That's what prophets were. And they couldn't express it any other way. They couldn't identify this phenomenon any other way other than to say it this way. And the word of the Lord was with Elger. You get what I'm saying? You know, and the word of the Lord was with Eric. You understand what I'm saying? Because when push came to shove, bottom line, when he took all the pluses and the minuses and everything, those individuals heard from God. And they spoke for God. Bottom line, the word of the Lord was with. And so uh, I'll be 65 in May. I got saved when I was 19 in 1971. That's not uh, 1871 for you younger folks, 1971. And I don't know how this happened. I turned 65 in May. I used to be one of the young guys, one of the young guys. Now half the pastors that I serve are half my age or less. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but almost immediately after I was saved, the gifts of the Spirit began to operate in my life. Well, what did you do to deserve that? Nothing. What did you do to qualify for that? Nothing. Was it a result of intelligence? Trust me, it was not. Was it the result of education? I have almost none. Was it an indication of your spirituality? No way. Was it an indication uh, that you had something more than others? None of the above. All it was an indication of was God decided to use me. Well, we need more reasons than that. Sorry, you're not going to get any. In case you wanted to know why the man of God pastors a church here in Newcastle, Indiana, because God wanted him to. Right. 
Are you hearing me? That's all the reason that we need. And you can dig and you can go to great depths and spend a lot of time and your energy to find out why uh, you're doing what you're doing for God. But the bottom line is, is because he wanted you to. So that's why I'm here, because God wanted me to be here. I remember some years ago striving and being nervous and anxious and really kind of uptight. I mean, really kind of uptight, because I had this call of God in my life, and nothing was happening, and I was going nowhere fast, and I had these gifts, and I was working for a car dealership, and I didn't get it. And uh, nobody in my town liked me because uh, read what James said about prophets as an example of suffering, take the prophets. Come on. So I was suffering for this call. And then another verse says that a prophet is not going to receive any honor in his own hometown. Come on. So do the math. I was described by one local uh, pastor as accurate but not well-liked. So when I do my autobiography, that's going to be my title. Dennis Kramer, accurate, but not well-liked. Thank God he didn't say, oh, everybody likes him. He's, he's a great guy, but he's just not very accurate. Which do you want? And so I'm trying to help you to understand that you're probably doing what God wants you to do for the time being. Do what you're doing. Blossom where you're planted. Have some fun. Relax. Chill. Take a powder. Have a good job. Pay some bills. Come on. Get out of debt. Get what I'm saying? You know, buy a new car. Go on vacation. You know, give to the poor. Support your church. Help your pastor. Just don't always be looking for something else to happen to be in the will of God because the will of God is deeper and broader and wider than you think and it doesn't take a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to navigate down it. Then when God wants something to happen, He has His ways. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if I'm ministering to anybody, you feel that pull. You feel that tug. Hey, I get it. You wake up and say, this is it. This is what I'm supposed, I've got this pull that you put in me. I've got this tug. It hurts. It hurts. It's a desperation, God. Well, that's God. God put it in you to keep you serving Him and to get your attention. But until it's your time and until it's your season, amen. I understand that. And so there I was in the automobile business in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, the middle of nowhere. Amen. And I said, well, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sell cars, and I'm going to manage the salesman, and I'm going to pay my bills, and I'm going to buy a house, and uh, I'm going to go on vacation, and I'm going to have a computer and a TV, uh, and, you know, all the things that, you know, you want to work hard to have, and, and I'm going to open a 401k, and, I, and I'm just going to do that. So right when I got settled into a six-year car uh, business career, guess what? Some people walked up and said, the Lord told us that we're supposed to start a church with you. And I said, no way. That's how open I was. So I called some friends and they said, well, if you don't want to do it, it's probably God. Come on, how many know what I mean? As spiritual as we all are, you know. 
you know, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Here am I, Lord. You know, send Eric. You know, here, you know. But I didn't want to do it, so I did it. And then that led to uh, pastoring a church for six years. Um, that led to um, people knowing that I was now in ministry. That led to people inviting me to their church. Uh, that led people to inviting me to their church because they were in a meeting in another church where I was speaking. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, and then the ministry uh, grew and grew and grew naturally and organically. And now I have been in, I think, 17 or 18 uh, countries. Uh, I'm coming up on my 19th country. Uh, I've been to some countries multiple times. I've been uh, here, there, and everywhere in the United States at least once. So here's what I want to say to some of you. If you're nervous and anxious and impatient and you're stressed out because you've got this ugh on the inside, you know what I mean, that ugh that God put in you, I'm going to say something that's going to seem so bizarre, but it's really going to minister to you. Someone said this to me years ago, and it really upset me because I had the gifts and coins of God in me. And I was really upset when I heard it, and I'm going to really upset some of you this morning. But if you want to know, if you want to know that you are called of God, go hide and let Him find you. That's it. I hid. I didn't sin. I didn't disobey God. I didn't run from God. I hid. I went and found a job and worked hard and paid my bills and bought a house with my wife and I and our three children, I hid in that sense and did what was in front of me and said, you know who I am, you know where I am. When you're ready for me, okay. But in the meantime, I'm not going to live in anxiety and nervousness and fear, and I'm not going to just live for another day in the future that may or may never come. I decided to live for the day and to believe God, and guess what? He took me from Williamsport, Pennsylvania, an unknown, hidden, secret, obscure young man put some gifts in me, and he has literally taken me around the world. Let me give you an example. I leave for Japan in about two weeks. Now, you don't know this, and when Pastor Eric started talking about going above and beyond my honorarium, you have no idea how significant that was. First of all, nobody ever does it. The fact that he would even suggest it shows me his heart. But what you need to know is I leave for Japan in a couple weeks. And I'm really trying to say this so that you don't think I'm trying to solicit something or to uh, you know, milk you for something. But i got to be honest with you. When he said that, I went, Lord, I, you know what I need to go to Japan. It's very expensive. If I told you the cost of airfare, you wouldn't believe me. I've got to go from State College to Detroit, Detroit to Tokyo, Tokyo to Osaka. Then I've got to come home, Osaka to Tokyo, Tokyo to Detroit, Detroit to State College. You have no idea. I won't even tell you how much it is because you wouldn't believe me. Then, when I was just in Philadelphia, no, uh, Pittsburgh, a couple weeks ago, a rather famous man that you would know, a minister, uh, when I was ministering for him, said, you need to go with me to South Africa. When? Well, next month. <laughs> now, these are missionary trips. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Which means in some cases, you pay all your own expenses. Yep. You minister to the point of exhaustion. 
because their ministry motto is we're going to milk them dry. <laughs> if we got them, we're going to use them. They, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And then you come home exhausted. Yep. That is international ministry. Yep. Well, in both instances, uh, I have tried to get some support, uh, but I am thousands of dollars short on Japan and haven't even begun to think about how I'm going to pay uh, for my part in uh, South Africa. So there are some people working behind the scenes trying to help me, trying to pay some expenses uh, and get my costs covered. Uh, and it would also be nice to have some income because as an itinerant prophet, I don't have a church to come home to or a salary. So all of this was going through my mind. So the man of God stands up here and asks you to consider going above and beyond the call of duty. If you'd like to, that would be great because I've got to pay for parts of the Japanese and the South uh, African trip. There. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is as we were worshiping, a whole bunch of stuff was happening. So this is all part of the meeting, by the way. Uh, so I want to tell you what started to happen. The Lord began to speak to me very clearly, and I went, yeah, but I, I, I'm not up there speaking yet. And so I said, this is very interruptive. And the Holy Spirit said, the way of your meetings have been going, they need to be interrupted. Amen. <laughs> so uh, here is what uh, I want to share with all of you. The gifts of the Spirit are real. They're available 24-7. They are not just designed to operate in your church services. And they are not just designed to operate when the speaker is formally introduced. He gives his little testimony, shares a verse, and then he begins to operate in them. That is a way of doing it, but there are many different ways of moving in the gifts. Come on. Uh, many different uh, approaches and administrations of those same gifts. And so as I was worshiping the Lord, and by the way, the worship was excellent, uh, I began to hear from the Lord. And these gifts of the Spirit that Pastor Eric referenced uh, began to manifest. And I began to see and feel and sense and smell and know some things that are very powerful. So I'm going to do my best to go down that list. Uh, and then we'll see what else the Lord uh, has for us. Would that be okay? And I want to say this to all of you. You're so different here. You're, you're so different. You've got to get this. You not only... Uh, accept and receive the Holy Spirit, and you not only accept and receive and, uh, if you will, tolerate His manifestations, you celebrate His manifestations. Are you hearing me? Most churches reject them. There's a whole bunch of churches that tolerate them, but there's a small percentage of God's people that celebrate the Holy Spirit, that celebrate His gifts, that celebrate the supernatural. You can feel it when you come in the room. You can feel it as I'm talking. We accept and we receive and we appreciate the presence of God during the worship and during the ministry. This stuff is real. The supernatural is real. So I want you all to you know, raise um, your levels of expectation. And I want you to believe that when we gather in the name of the Lord, we will encounter that same Lord. Amen? That's why they met in the Bible. They said, we have a risen Savior on our hands. We saw Him. We have a risen Christ. And He said, if two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there. So they went, okie dokie. And they met. And guess what? They encountered 
the risen Christ. Well, now it's 2017. We're in Newcastle, Indiana. And I want to challenge every one of you from now on, from now on, when you do what you do to walk into this building and to get into this sanctuary, I want the worship team to expect to encounter the risen Christ. I want you to encounter Him in worship. I want you to encounter Him in the preaching and the teaching. I want you to encounter Him in one another. We are members of one another. We all bring something when we come together in the name of the Lord. But I want you to stop thinking, well, what'd you do? Well, we went to church. I'm getting tired of that expression. We went to church. What'd you do? We went to church. If you'll begin to encounter the living Christ, you'll have a testimony to share with your coworkers. If you'll begin to encounter the living Christ, you'll have something to say to the gas station guy when you, or to the restaurant guy or girl. You'll have something to share with them that will get them here. And here's what you're going to share with them, that the supernatural is real and that it operates in our church on a regular basis. Well, what do you mean? Well, we know you're sick. If you'll come to our church, we'll pray for you and God will heal you. Or you've just come through a tragic divorce. We won't tell anybody about it, but come to our church and we'll have you prayed for. Watch. God will speak to you about the pain you're in. Well, Prophet Kramer, how can you make those promises? Because I know God. And you know He will. If you bring the hurting and the wounded and the bleeding here, It'll take Jesus about a month or two to get them fixed and filled and healed and ready to go. Come on. He did it to you. Do you think he's done just because you're whole? No. So I want to challenge you. These gifts of the Spirit that Paul wrote about are alive and well in the church. And they need to operate in and through your life. You haven't got to be an apostle or a prophet. You don't even have to be called the full-time ministry. But you do have to be available. You have to be available. Okay, now, I want to begin with just the order that God has given me. And I think it was you, sweetheart. I might have the wrong person because you've all moved around. Were you singing over there next to you? Is that your husband? It's a good thing because he has his arm around you. Aren't you glad it was your husband's got his arm around you? Would you please stand up, sweetheart, if you would, please? What's your first name? Ashley. Ashley, how much does that purse weigh? Way too much. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Just like my wife. I don't understand that. I travel the world. You ready for this? I travel the world. I travel the world. Do you see this? I travel the world. Do you understand this? This is everything that I travel the world with. Do you understand? It doesn't work for me. I can't even go to Walmart without that. <laughs> anyway, uh, hear me out before you panic. You're pregnant. The Lord told me that you're pregnant. The Lord is, is impregnating you today with prophecy. Relax. I'm pregnant. The Lord, you are pregnant? <laughs> Are you really? That's way cool. Give the Lord a hand. That's kind of cool. Now, are you getting this? The first person that I stand up, the first thing I say to her is what? And she's 
I didn't mean that. I didn't see that. I have no way of telling at all in case you mean, I mean, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Here I am bragging on God and trying to get you to appreciate the supernatural because it's more real than the natural. And I stand up a young woman next to her hubby and I tell her she's pregnant and she is. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're skeptical, I don't blame you. I don't, there's always a couple skeptics around. Come on. But this is real. Now, here's what I saw. Today, the Lord impregnated you with a prophetic gift. It's going to grow, develop, evolve, mature. And about nine months from now, you're going to start prophesying like crazy. Isn't that awesome? So in the name of Jesus, I impregnate you with the gift of prophecy such as I have, I give you. Lord, let her wear a mantle of the prophetic and let her prophesy to beat the band. I'm declaring not a trickle, not a trickle, but a torrent, a, a stream, a river of the prophetic flowing in and out and through this woman of God. So the Lord would say, prophesy, 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 says the Lord. Now you watch. About nine months from now, now everything I said to you was what the Lord gave me when you were standing up there, so I'm not adding to it, but I saw about nine months from now there's going to be a fuller release. I mean, a real good one. So you're going to have to obey God. Now here's what I mean by you're going to have to obey God. Don't think that just because a prophet speaks something over you that it's automatic, that it's going to be fun, easy, quick. Come on. Or that it speaks of a certainty or a guarantee or an inevitability. None of that is true. It speaks of potential. And most times, when you don't realize that potential, it's not my fault. Three people liked that. Uh, and so get ready. Uh, in Jesus' name, to prophesy a lot. I mean, it's all over you, but now you're impregnated. And like any pregnant woman, you're going to feel that life in you, and you're going to start showing, and people are going to say, hey, it's nine months, it's nine months. <laughs> you need to get ready to start prophesying. But I want to say this to you. Listen, you prophesy by faith. Well, wait a minute, Prophet Kramer laid hands on me, and, uh, and I waited to feel something. I never told her to wait to feel anything. What do you mean? Where does it say that you prophesy by feelings? Where does it say that? I've looked for 43 years. I can't find it. 43 years I've been looking for that verse. It's not there. You prophesy by faith. The gifts of the Spirit are received by faith and released by faith. What do you mean? You may be seated. I mean that when you're operating in these gifts, you're not going to feel a thing. You'll have no emotional connection whatsoever with these gifts. You will know what you're to do. It'll be clear what to say. You'll have wisdom and knowledge and insight and anointing and unction and a knowing. You will have a knowing. I knew to prophesy to her. I knew to have eight or nine words of knowledge that Eric has written down. I knew that, but I didn't feel. There was no emotional attachment. Right. 
In the Old Testament, even the prophet didn't get this. He wanted God to speak, so he was ready. He knew that God was going to be in the wind. God would speak in a mighty wind. He did not. He knew God would speak in a raging fire. He did not. Okay. He knew, he knew that God would speak in the quaking of the earth, but he didn't. Even the prophet got it wrong the first three times. So then God spoke. Well, how did he speak? In a still, small voice, a knowing. How do you do that, prophet? I want to I do what you do. How do you do it? I do it with that knowing, that still, small voice right here. That knowing, that knowing. That's how you operate in these gifts. Stop waiting to feel something. Well, what if I'm wrong? What if you're right? What if I pray for a sick person and they don't get healed? What if you pray for a sick person and they do get healed? Listen, the supernatural is real. Listen to this. I'm in a meeting. I'm up front. Big sanctuary praying for a couple, Christian couple, that could not conceive. By the way, that's the number one miracle in some four decades of me uh, praying for people. Infertile couples having children. Number one by far. It just happens. It just happened recently. Anyway, so I'm praying up front, and in the back of this large church is a Korean-American little girl, a grown married woman, but they all look like little girls. Uh, beautiful little Korean-American girl. I don't know she's back there. So I pray for this couple up front. I go back to this church a year later, and this little Korean-American woman walks up and says, Prophet Kramer, yes, I was here a year ago, a year ago, when you were up front praying for the couple that was infertile. Oh, I said, I remember. And she said, I was heartbroken because my husband and I could not conceive. Oh, I said, I'm so sorry. And she said, so I went home very discouraged. Now listen to this. And I went to bed, and I had a dream. And you came to me, Prophet Kramer, in a dream. And you prayed for me in a dream. And then she said, this is Naomi. She's three months old. Because nine months after you came to me in a dream, I got pregnant. Naomi was born three months ago. This is Naomi. I said, I believe I'm impressed. I was impressed with the Holy Spirit. He's got his way. That little girl couldn't come up front. I didn't have a word of knowledge. I didn't have a healing gift for her. She was back there. But the Lord, if you will, used a dream. I came to her in a dream, and she got healed and held up that little baby Naomi to me. The supernatural, everyone, is real. It's real in Newcastle, Indiana. In January... I was so, it was so cold yesterday when I got out of the car to that hotel. I said, Lord, what about Miami Beach? Why did you send me to Newcastle, Indiana? But he's here. Can you feel it? He's here. So listen to this. So I get a phone. The supernatural's real. I get a phone call. I get a phone call, and it's, uh, it's not true. I get an email. I get an email from a gentleman in Australia. 
And this gentleman contacted me and wanted me to minister to him personally. It's what we call a prophetic consultation. People can't fly to a Dennis Kramer ministry, uh, so they become partners of my ministry. I contact them. I save them the airfare, the motel, the meals. I mean, this guy was in Australia. He couldn't get to one of my meetings, but he saw my website, and he asked me to pray for him, so I said, fine. So uh, it's an international call, so he calls me. So he calls me from Australia, and I can see by his name on the email, it didn't look Australian, but he's in Australia. So as we begin to speak, he is not Australian by accent. If you know what I mean. There was no shrimp on the Barbie. Amen. <laughs> so he's talking to me in a very different, in English, but a very strong accent. And it's not Australian, but, uh, you know, he's in Australia. So I start to prophesy in English. Now, here I am, an English-speaking 65-year-old American prophet in Pennsylvania on the phone to a gentleman who lives in Australia, I mean all the way around the world, got an unusual accent, an unusual name. He's not Australian, but he's in Australia. Okay. And so I'm prophesying in English, the Lord would say. And then I prophesy in English, and then I begin to speak in a language that I've never learned. So I'm, I'm praying in English. And then I begin to... Uh, speak in a tongue, the best minsa, sekas, sonche, zekaranansta, bolotosem shin, belesmen shekasman, boskan, zelishas kadedi, pabansta, pabansta bishtes. And then I start to prophesy in English again. And the Lord would say, and then I begin to uh, speak in tongues again. And I begin to prophesy in English again. And then I begin to speak in tongues again. So after about 30 minutes, that would be a while. After about 30 minutes, I'm done. There's nothing else to prophesy to him about. I got it covered. So I then said to him, is there anything that... You know, you have any questions about the prophecy because you're on the phone with me. I can't do this in meetings, but here you are. You've got my full attention. Do you have any questions about the prophecy? He said, yes, sir. He said, do you know what you were saying to me? And I didn't get it. I went, yeah, I have a general idea of the prophecy. I gave it. I remember the general theme. No, 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 no. No, not of the prophecy of the tongues that you were speaking to me in. Oh, I said, no. I said, the gift of tongues, of divers or diverse tongues, 1 Corinthians 12, is a known tongue, but not a known tongue necessarily to the speaker or to the hearer. That's why we interpret them. But they're known tongues. Thank you, because unknown is not in the original Greek in the New Testament. King James scholars added that, and it completely threw you off. They're often known tongues, yet they need to be interpreted, because often the speaker or the hearer doesn't get it. So I said, no, I don't know what tongue it is. I've been doing that for 40-some years. He goes, well, I know what you were saying to me. I said, well, what was I saying? He goes, well... You were speaking to me in Coptic Egyptian. Now, I know that you think I'm brilliant. I know you think I have many skills. Language is not one of them. I barely speak English. Come on. 
I married a school teacher. Ask my wife. She goes, you butcher, you butcher the English language. Which I then respond, I don't not. That ain't true. No, I don't say either of those things. But I'm not a linguist. I have no aptitude to language at all. But this man says, you were speaking to me in Coptic Egyptian. I didn't know what that meant. And I said, well, how do you know Coptic Egyptian? You live in Brisbane, Australia. How? He says, I'm Egyptian by birth. I was born and raised in the Coptic Christian Egyptian church. Coptic Egyptians are Christians. They speak an ancient dialect of traditional Egyptian in their services and in their communities. So to you, it's like King James Version English. You get what I'm saying? It's an old, antiquated language, but a language that is still used in the Coptic Egyptian church services. So this young man says to English-speaking Denny Kramer in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, on the phone, you were just speaking to me, Prophet Kramer, in a language that I know. It was Coptic Egyptian. I want to pause right now to say to you, how exciting is that? The supernatural is real. If I have to come to you in a dream and give you a prophecy, if that's the way God wants to get through to you, that's what's going to happen. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows you're selling cars in a small Pennsylvania mountainous community that nobody ever heard of except for Little League World Series. Come on. And he knows that none of the churches like you, you know, accurate, but not well-liked. He knows that you're not being honored at all. You get no honor for who and what you are, but God knows who and what you are. And he has a way. He'll find you. So then, the best part of the story, and you know what I'm going to say. So I said to him, okay, I was speaking to you in Coptic, yeah, Coptic Egyptian. So I said, would you tell me what I was saying? <laughs> really? I mean, I wanted to know. And his answer, you've got to listen. Because it's not just what he said, it's how he said it. You know what I mean by that? When someone says something, you can sometimes feel more in what he said by how he or she said it. So I said, what did I say? And he lowered his voice, and here's what he said. You told me that I need more joy. <laughs> I said, excuse me? You, you told me that I need more joy. And just the way he answered it showed me the wisdom of God. Think about it. God set that entire connection up just to tell that kid one thing that you would have thought, well, why didn't God tell him something big and something significant and something weighty? And he did. Because God knows the joy of the Lord. It was this kid's strength. That's what it says. And it's your strength. So get some joy and get over it and get some strength. So the Holy Spirit set that all up just to tell that young man he needs more joy. Amen. Amen.
and so do you, and so do I, <laughs> because it is our strength. God has his ways and means. And I want to say to all of you, wherever you are, if you're anxious and nervous and frustrated and exasperated and even hopeless, there's a dozen of you that are hopeless thinking, what am I doing? I'm in Newcastle, Indiana. I mean, it isn't exactly the center of the universe, and I've got gifts and callings, and I have an unction in me, and I want to do something great for God, and, and what am I going to do? You're going to hide and let God find you, because He will. And when it's your time, and when it's your season, everything will come together. The last thing you want to do is get ahead of God. A word spoken in due season how sweet it is. Imagine what it's like to get out of God's timing and to go out there on your own. You'll fall flat on your face. And it happens every day. But we in this house are going to rely on the supernatural. It is real. The gifts of the Spirit are real. I'm telling you, you're going to be a prophesying machine in nine months. Are you hearing me? Now she's going to have to receive this and release it by faith. Well, Prophet Kramer, what do you do? Every time I open my mouth, I do it by faith. These gifts have to be received by faith and released by faith. Amen. Little sweetheart, I'm going to do my best. Stand up if you would, please. Were you standing right here with your mommy? Um, no, that was not me. I was standing over You were standing right here, right? And you were facing that way, right? Don't move. That was you. Good. Now you can go back there. But you were standing right here, right? That was you. Yeah, okay. What's your first name? My name's Tori. Hey, Tori. How old are you, sweetie pie? Um, I'm 10. Stay away from boys. Amen. Slap me down. I'm going to tell you what the Lord showed me. You have a gift of dance. You can grow it. You can develop it. You can mature it. You have a part to play. But... All of us can dance because the Bible says we can dance. But you are gifted. Do you understand me? You are gifted in this area. So you can do with this what you want. But I see people's potential. I see things before it happens. I see a, a woman pregnant with prophecy before she even knew it. But I see dance on you. So I would encourage you to pray about it. Find out what Jesus wants you to do. But I see you growing and developing in a wonderful high level of skill and artistry, and I see you bringing dance, anointed dance, there, anointed dance, oh, 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 uh, back into the church, amen. There are those of us that do the Pentecostal two-step, you know what I mean? And that ain't a pretty thing to see. But there are some that are anointed, so this little sweetheart is going to be anointed in the dance, and this little sweetheart is going to be anointed uh, in the prophetic. Amen. And there was a young man. There you are, young man. Come up here. There was a young man standing right here with another uh, older gentleman. Come on up here, young man. Stand right here, if you would, please. Take off your jacket because it's making me woozy looking at you. <laughs> it's 150 degrees up there. Put that jacket right there. you got a winter jacket on. All right, God bless you. Turn around, face me if you would, please, just like that. Good, good, good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> What's your first name? Cohen. Cohen? Yep. Hey, Cohen. Uh, with a C or a K? K. K. Cool name. What's your middle name? Alexander. Cohen Alexander. Way cool. I know. I just met a guy named Alger Elvin. <laughs> what? Orvin. Orvin. 
Elger Orvin. Ready? Elger Orvin. Last name? Juleson. Ain't no one ever going to say, I know two people named Elgin. I forget it already. Anyway, young man, pregnant with prophecy, gift of dance all over her. Stay away from boys. I'm just telling you, well, how did this happen, Prophet Kramer? Explain the process. I will. It just happened. I knew. I looked. I saw. And I heard that still small voice that I've been hearing for 43 years. It wasn't him. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. It was him. I heard him on the inside. That means that I was made aware of information. Ah, I was made aware that she's pregnant with prophecy. I had to put words to what I was made aware of. I saw prophecy on her because I'm a seer. I saw dance on this little girl. I saw her dressed in it. I saw her dancing. It was a knowing on the inside. All of these gifts of the Spirit, church, happen on the inside of you. Watch. What are you doing? I'm waiting for the electricity. Prophet Kramer said, if I lift my hands up higher, I'll be like, and I'll just get these bolts of electricity from heaven, and I'm waiting. You're going to wait forever. Are you hearing me? I find it fascinating. The prophet was wrong three out of four times. In fact, he was wrong three out of three. He thought God was going to speak in the wind, the fire, and the earthquake. He was wrong, and he was a prophet. So God shows up and uses what? A still, small, and the best way they could describe it was a voice. It's a leading. It's a prompting. It's a knowing. What does a voice do? A voice communicates. And so he went, oh, that's the Lord. The Lord was in the still, small voice. These gifts of the Spirit all operate with an internal knowing, an internal leading. Watch. Nothing external happens with me at all when I'm prophesying. I don't feel the wind or the tongues of fire. I don't hear audible voices. I don't go to heaven. I don't have an open vision of Jesus. Are you hearing me? All those things are fine and good, but that's not how the gifts of the Spirit operate here on earth among the men and women of God. They operate by an internal voice. If you get any other sort of accompanying sign or manifestation, that's just gravy on the potatoes. For example, people said, well, when you pray for people, Prophet Kramer, why don't they fall over? Because my ministry is to get you to stand up, not to fall over. Well, Prophet Kramer, how come when you prophesy, you don't know people's names? They know their names. It's Elger. He doesn't need me to tell him his name. He knows his name. My job is to give you information. I'm not looking for you to fall over. I'm not trying to impress you by telling you your name or your address, your phone number. Those things are fine. But a prophet points the way to the will of God. That's what I want her to do. I want her to prophesy bad. I mean, I saw it. I'm telling you, nine months from now, she's going to have a baby, a little prophetic baby. And you're going to say, man, what happened to her? She'll be prophesying over everything that moves. 
Now, I'm not just saying that. I'm telling you, I can feel it. I saw dance over this little gal. What she does with this prophecy at age 10, right? Age 10. Is up to her and her parents. I don't know what she's going to do with it. In the Gospels, seed was sowed into four soil types. It only took root in one. One out of four. The other three were failures. Are you hearing me? That's sad. That's sad. Because the seed was the same. But the soil type was different. Three times it failed. Only one out of four times did it work. And that's what God wants you to give him, good soil. These gifts are available to you. Stop waiting for someone else to do it, and you start doing it in your 7th and 8th grade uh, uh, Bible studies at school. If you don't have one, start one. Are you involved yet in a Bible study? Yeah. Stand up. What's your first name? What is it? Hey, Joey. I'm going to give you a chance to calm down here for a minute. Sweetheart, what church you go to? Good. And how old are you? Good. If you're not, get involved. There's a Bible study that's supposed to start in your school. Do you go to public school or Christian school or private school? Public, yeah. You're going to be involved. I just saw it. You're going to be involved in a Bible study. Doesn't mean you'll have to necessarily lead it. You could. You might want to start praying for it to happen because it's going to happen and you're going to be in the middle of it. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. So I'm trying to make this naturally understandable and clear and practical and logical, but also to tell you at the same time it's supernatural. We don't know how it works. It just works. I go by my promptings and my leadings and my nudges, and God just kind of nudges me. Are you hearing me? That's what he wants to do with you. He wants to nudge you. Well, how do I know it's God? Run it by your leaders. You have that advantage. You're a supernatural church. You have supernatural leadership. If you have a supernatural leading and one of these gifts starts to manifest, run it by your leadership. Let them prove it, test it, try it, judge it. And they'll walk you through it. And you'll be glad they're there for you. Especially if you're wrong. See, what you do is if it works, you take credit. If it doesn't, you blame Eric. Amen. <laughs> That's ministry, isn't it? Huh? Okay. So what I saw for you, shake my hand, man. How old are you? Two. Stay away from girls. <laughs> when I saw you, I saw musical gifts, skills, talents, and abilities all over you. I didn't see one instrument. I saw at least two. So multiple instruments springing up on the inside of you, called and gifted as a musician unto the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Now you can sing if you want. You can write songs if you want. But what I saw was gifting in the area of musical instruments. Amen? Amen. So I impart that into you. Go get them, man of God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Okay. And Eric still has that list. And uh, I'll make sure that we get to it when it is time. May I pray for you, man of God? Why don't you stand right up right where you are? Can I pray for you? Stand right up, if you would. I surprised you, didn't I? Yes, I did. <laughs> Let me get my water. Hang on. It's really good that you guys... Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You don't want this. What's your first name? David. Hey, David. Uh, David, I have a really good and exciting word for you. Uh, ever since you were a child, just a little fellow, six, seven, eight years of age, you had a sense of God's call in your life and never knew what it was. And because of some of your life challenges that you went through, you've been hesitant to jump in to the things of God. You've been a little reserved, a little hesitant. I don't want to use the word defensive, but a little, a little cautious about jumping in to what you see in front of you because of what you went through as a child. And I saw you jumping into the river this morning. I'm supposed to say this to you. It's really cool. The Lord told me to tell you, you have his permission to jump in to the things of God. You have his permission to jump into the river. You were standing by the creek going like this. Ew. But you need to plunge. You need to take the plunge. That means set aside all your fears, your apprehensions, your reservations, your concern about being embarrassed or look stupid or people will make fun of me. There was a chapter in your life where you were deeply wounded by some words that were spoken over you. And you, on a subconscious level, said, I will never expose myself again to that kind of ridicule. So quite frankly, you've been, again, a little defensive. You've been afraid to step in and to trust God. But the Lord said, tell my son, tell my son, that'd be you, tell my son that he has my permission. Isn't that cool? God says, David, you have my permission to jump in. And we understand that. When the Lord says jump in, that means just jump in. Just jump in. Just jump in. So jump into this thing called Christianity. Jump into this thing called the supernatural. Just go for it. Just go for it. You're God's precious son. He's going to bless you. You're going to grow like crazy over the next three to five years. But you've got to jump in. You've got to jump in. So the Lord says you have his permission. Wow. Isn't that awesome? <sighs> Amen. Okay, and so I saw six young ladies that were standing up here worshiping, and Pastor Eric is going to stand and call out their names, and then you six young ladies are going to come up front. Come on up, girls, gals, ladies, mothers, sisters, wives, right across there. Face me. That's it. That's it. Oh, I love this. They all have their <laughs> mobile devices. This is cool. This is cool. <laughs> listen, listen. Listen, I grew up in Red Creek, New York on Jenkins Road. It was a dirt road. Are you hearing me? A dirt road. We had an antenna on the roof. Three TV stations. <laughs> what do you mean? Three. <laughs> Black and white TV, antenna on the roof, three TV stations, a party line telephone. Yeah. You just dated yourself, yeah. <laughs> that means there was one phone in the home, a black wall. You had to pick it up and make sure that the other people on your line were not... Mrs. Jenkins, true story, 
um, I need to call the school. Oh, okay. And she would hang up so I could make a call. A party line, a dirt road, antenna, three television stations, a party line. Are you hearing me? <laughs> now, my 50, I don't know about, my 55-inch flat screen TV has 350 stations. Come on. The satellite radio in my car has 340 stations. My iPhone 6, and I'm already behind schedule. My son just bragged and stuck his iPhone 7S in my face. Ha ha! <laughs> but my wife and I, have, uh, and I have iPhones. I have an iPad. Come on. I backslid this morning and brought my Bible, but I have all those <laughs> electronic things. That's true. But each of these gals have their uh, iPhones uh, or their mobile devices, their smartphones, ready uh, to go. So you can now click it on so you can hear what I have to say. I don't know you, and I don't know anything about each of you except that you have something very similar, in fact, even common with one another. Uh, I'm to lay hands on each of you, and I am to impart a healing gift. And then each of you are going to begin to pray for the sick, and there's going to be a high percentage of supernatural healings. Now, with every gift of the Spirit, there is a leading of the Spirit required. This is good stuff, so take notes. It doesn't mean that you can just do anything you want to do and just claim anything you want to claim because the Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit makes the decision about who gets what gift. And this morning he told me what gift, maybe others, but what gift these six are going to operate in. They're going to have a healing gift. Now here's what's really neat. Paul said there are diversities of gifts and administrations and diversities of operations. Here's what that means. There are different gifts. They operate differently, and they can all have different results. That's what he was getting at. So here's six young women who are all going to get the same gift. But how it operates in each one of them will be different and unique. And the results that they each get will be different and unique to their gifting. For example, for example, uh, she uh, might have a, a high percentage of success in the area of cancers, you know, or asthmas, or you know, uh, infertility among married couples, uh, or among blindness, or uh, uh, among uh, uh, blood diseases and disorders, uh, or among uh, any and all uh, uh, sicknesses. And in other words, there are diversities in these gifts. You can bring three prophets in. They can all be prophets and have the same gifts and yet operate in a very different and diverse way. So you got to get this. In the supernatural, there is diversity like you wouldn't believe. Awesome. So you three, you six girls, get ready and open up your receivers right now. Okay, you're going to receive everything I've got for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I impart, through the laying on of hands, I impart the gift of prophecy. Not the sign that should accompany all believers, but a gift of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of healing, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gift of healing, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
And the gift will operate in your life. Look at me. But the Lord is going to improve your physical health so that you can begin to tell people, look what God did for me. So I break there that spirit of infirmity off of you that has tormented you since you were a teenager. I break that off of you. I impart the gift of healing to you. I impart the gift of healing to you in its many wonderful forms. And I impart the gift of healing to you in Jesus' name. Now, when you pray for the sick, your hands will get warm. When you pray for the sick, your hands will get warm. When you pray for the sick, your hands will get warm. So when I got down to the last three, I saw or I felt, even feeling it now, uh, that you three, doesn't mean that you anything wrong, doesn't mean you missed anything, doesn't mean you have anything less. It just means that when I got down here, I felt that fire come on me. So you can expect to feel that fire and that presence of God many times, as will the people you pray for. They'll go, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So Lord, let fire there accompany each and every one of them in Jesus' name. Now, listen to me, gals. You do this by faith. It doesn't mean you run around wholesale and just say, are you sick? Are you sick here? Are you sick? <laughs> Prophet Kramer said that. Listen, every gift of the Spirit requires a leading, which means you will have empathy and sympathy and love and mercy, and it will urge you and drive you and you'll, you'll, you'll have a longing to connect with that person that you hear is sick. You just don't run around and make more problems than you solve. Every gift of the Spirit requires a leading, but get ready to have a leading to pray for the sick. And then here's what I want you to do. When that connection is made and you know it's God, God put you and the sick person together, I want you to be fearless. Whatever it is that they have, whatever the ailment, whatever the infirmity, whatever it is, I don't care, whatever it is, believe that God has connected you with that person and that you're going to go for it. You're going to go for it. You're not going to accept failure. You're not going to accept wishy-washy uh, results. You're going to go for it because these gifts of the Spirit never fail. Are you hearing me? They never fail. And if you're operating in them, you will always get results. Amen. Go get them, girls. See you. Thank you. Now, did I have anything else on the list? Yes. Where's the young man that was playing the drums? Stand up if you're still here. Stand up. Is your name Gage? Cool. The Lord didn't tell me that. Eric. Eric. <laughs> Eric just said his name is Gage. Hey, Gage, how old are you? 18. Man. I was 18 in 19... I was 18 in 1970. Holy moly. Anyway, now listen very carefully. I go to a lot of churches, see a lot of worship teams. You guys are exceptional. A lot of gifts, a lot of skill, a lot of talent. Exceptional. Exceptional. Way more gifted, way more talented than you should be for a size church this size in a rural, small Indiana town. Very gifted, very gifted, very gifted. Amen. Very gifted. Uh, but having said that, I've seen many, many drummers. You need to hear me. You are more than just a young man who learned how to play drums. You're anointed. Now you're thinking, what's the big whoop? Listen. There's a lot of people that can say, I want to play drums. So they take drum lessons and they play drums. God's spirit is on you. 
and there is a presence and an anointing or an unction that comes on you when you start playing those drums. You feel it. And that's because you're called to play drums. <laughs> now, you may be called to do other things along with that, but there is an unction on you. And I want you to get ready that when the worship begins to go a little out to the right and come out of the box a little bit, I want you to be ready to listen to the worship leader. And when he says, just go ahead and do a drum solo, I want you to do a drum solo. Okay? I do not want you to do a drum solo on your own. You understand that? You follow your leader. You submit to the authority in your life. But there's an unusual anointing on you. And it may cross over into other areas of ministry as well. But she's anointed in the dance. She's anointed to prophesy. They're anointed to pray for the sick. You are at least anointed on those drums. So I see 100 drummers a year. You know, three of them are anointed. So there's a special reason and purpose for this. So just value this and cherish it and protect it. Now I'm going to say something that's going to make you giggle. You're still single, right? You're 18 years old. You have a girlfriend. Well, that doesn't mean you're married. It means you're single. Let's start over. i got to help this boy. So I'm just yanking your chain. So you're single. You have a girlfriend, but you're single. Yeah, okay. And I, I just want to say to this, be careful. Be on your guard. You know, don't let anything mess up, you know, the call of God in your life. And this anointing that I uh, saw, if I'm right, it'll just grow and increase. Wouldn't that be awesome? So you may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Uh, was that everybody that I had on my list? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, there they are. You guys stand up right here, if you would, please. You realize your hair is blue? Do you realize that? Could I have another bottle of water? Put it on my tab. Aren't we having fun today? Amen. Amen. And so if you want to know how much of this was mapped out and planned out, zero. Zero. Okay. So, hi there. What's your first name? Mason. Hey, Mason. And? I thought you were going to say Dixon. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> this, is, this is Mason and Dixon. Amen. And Bethany. Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, uh, friends just sitting next to each other. Okay, that's cool. <clears throat> and that's okay. That's cool. So how old are you? 17. Cool. How old are you? 17. 17. Good. And uh, you guys are like legitimate friends. You're just friends, right? Okay, that's good. Right. Are uh, you a Christian? Cool. You a Christian? Good. Well, let me tell you what the Lord, uh, I'll speak to you first. Um, you're going, oh, that's right. Turn that baby on. Uh, you've been going through um, just a season of chaos, spiritual attack, sort of upheaval, sort of like, what is this all about? And I'm supposed to tell you that for the Christian, a state of war is normal. You've not done anything wrong. You've not sinned. You've not forsaken God. You're not in rebellion. You're not in disobedience. You've done nothing wrong. I'm supposed to tell you that. Because in the last week or so, you've been wondering, man, what's this all about? You're going through some warfare, and it's normal. It's normal. If you were not going through any warfare, I'd be concerned. How many know what I mean? Right. But I'm supposed to tell you, stay on the track you're on. You're going through a, a time of some chaos and upheaval and spiritual attack. 
but you're going to make it because the weapons of your warfare are mighty through God. So you're in the will of God. You're going to make it through this chaotic time. And I'm also supposed to tell you that when I spoke to the drummer about the anointing on his life, you said, man, would I love to have an anointing on my life. And the Lord says, now you do. And the Lord says it'll begin to manifest between the next three to five years. So go with the anointing and you will know what I have called you to do, says the Lord. Now, leadership, leadership, leadership in the church. I've called you to lead by example. So get ready for the younger men to begin to look to you as an older brother, almost like a, a semi-father figure. And I see you mentoring and, and uh, giving uh, help and aid and support uh, to younger men. Isn't that awesome? So younger men to you means anyone younger than 17. Amen? <laughs> but the Lord would say, leadership, leadership, leadership in the church. Leadership, leadership, leadership in the church, says the Lord. You may be seated. You can hold that up if you want. And you're Bethany? Hey, Bethany, not Mason, right? That's Dixon, you're not Mason, right? Is he Mason? Yes. And you're not Dixon. And uh, how old are you, sweetheart, 17? Yes. Okay. Now, when I ministered to some of the people earlier, I spoke to a little pregnant sister um, about a prophetic gift. You are pregnant with the same gift there. Spiritually speaking, you are now pregnant with prophecy, and you're going to find yourself prophesying to people that come your way. God's going to bring them into your life. You're going to be doing what you're doing, and the Holy Spirit's going to say, Prophet Kramer told you this is how it was going to happen, and you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone because you tend to be a little, go ahead, go ahead, you do it. But the Lord says, I want you to get ready. You've got to get ready because you're going to start prophesying over people. God's going to bring them to you. Isn't that neat? I didn't see you walking up in a church service and doing what I do, but I see God bringing people. I saw him walking right, coming right to you, and you're working. And you're working with your hands, and you're doing tasks. And this person's right there, and the Lord says, that's the one he was talking about. And there's going to be a lot of those situations where God brings people to you to prophesy. Isn't that awesome? Now, you've also been going through a season of some spiritual chaos. I saw it over both of you. I thought maybe you were married because I saw the same chaos. But you've been going through a time of warfare, and that's perfectly normal. If you weren't, if you never did, then I'd be concerned. But you're going to make it. I'm supposed to tell you that. There's also some people... How do I say this? There's just a little bit of an emotional uh, healing for you this morning. Uh, there are some things that you've been going through and some burdens you've been bearing that have been taking their toll on you emotionally. Isn't that cool? And so God's going to lift that burden. That's what he does. He's going to release you from it. And he's going to give you that sense of joy that hasn't been there in quite a while. There's just a heaviness on your spirit. And I break that off of you there. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Bible says that um, uh, the Bible talks uh, about um, um, the word of God is like, is like medicine. And uh, it says that a, a joyful or a, a cheerful heart uh, is also like a medicine. And the Lord wants to restore your joy. And that's going to take care of a lot of other issues that you have. And so just get ready to experience the joy that I talked about and get ready for that lifting of that stress and that heaviness that has really been on your uh, heart uh, for some five years. In fact, I don't know what's been going on, uh, but there's five years of stuff 
uh, that's going to come off of you, and you're going to feel a lightness and a newness and a freshness in your spirit. Amen? And I was going to do that corny thing about stay away from girls, you know, and stay away from boys, but I don't think I'll do that because it's really only funny when they're 10. You know, <laughs> by the time you're 17, it would be annoying. So I'm not going to say it. You may be seated. Amen. Uh, real quick, sweetheart, stand up. Yeah, real quick. Uh, your first name? First Corinthians chapter 12, a prophetic gift is going to begin to bubble up and flow forth from you. Stand up, young man. What's your first name? Benjamin, your scholastic grades are going to increase dramatically. Uh, God's going to make a way where there is no way for a college education. And I'm supposed to tell you that the gift of discerning or distinguishing of spirits is going to start manifesting in and through your life, says the Lord. Real quick, stand up, sweetheart. What's your first name? Grace. Hey, Grace. How old are you, sweetheart? <laughs> 18? Okay. Uh, when you were 11 or 12 years of age, a spirit of fear came into your life, and it began to dominate you. And so I speak to that spirit of fear. I command it to come out of you. I break its neck. I break its power. I break its authority. And the Lord would say, now in the place of fear that has torment, in the place of fear there, there comes the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. Uh, we talk about blood transfusions. I'm giving you a spirit transfusion. I am filling you with myself. You've been so dominated by a number of fears, they become strongholds in your mind. But I broke that power off of you today. You're going to begin to think differently, act differently. I'm also supposed to tell you that the Lord is very pleased with your prayer life. I just saw you just talking to the Lord like you would talk to a friend. And you've been sharing a lot of stuff with the Lord lately that hasn't worked out in your favor, and it's left you brokenhearted. And the Lord would say, I'm going to heal your broken heart because that's what I do. I'm a good shepherd. I'm not just a shepherd. I'm a good one. And I bind up brokenhearted folks. And that's what I'm doing for you this day, says the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Young man with a nice head of hair. Why don't you stand right up? You got a nice head of hair. I wondered where my hair went. Now I know. Amen. And what's your first name? William. Hey, William. Thanks for being here. Is this your home church? Um, I'm starting. I live in Russia. I'm coming here. Friends from work I work with do this, and I left Bible. Cool. How many times have you been here? Three. Cool. Awesome. And who is this with you? My wife. Stand up, wife. God bless you. What's your first name? Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, anybody else here with you except your wife? No. Okay, good. How old are you? Twenty. Twenty? Okay, good. I'm not interrogating you. I'm just asking you some questions. Now, you're going to have to listen very carefully because there's no way of seeing this outwardly. But when I looked at you earlier in the meeting, I saw the word torment over your life. There has been a torment that you have been wrestling with for many, many years. It just occupies your life. Emotionally high and low, a lot of heaviness, a lot of depression, a lot of discouragement. And it gets so bad sometime that you didn't know whether you could survive it. But this torment that is a part of your life is not your fault. You were the victim. And the Lord told me to tell you, the Lord, isn't that neat? The Lord told me to tell you in this meeting this morning, he was going to heal you permanently and release you permanently from the torment that's been a part of your life ever since you've been a little boy. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something, if you don't mind. Close your eyes. 
and I'm going to come back and lay my right hand on your forehead, if that's okay. Can I lay my hand on you? Yes. Okay. Do I have your permission to lay my hand on his head? <laughs> so, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the torment in this young man's life that I saw. I break it off of him. I declare that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I declare he's being freed by the power of God now. All the torment from his past, everything that was done to him, I break the results of those things off of him. And again, I speak freedom and liberty and release to this young man. I'm supposed to tell you this. You had some anger issues, and the anger issues are a result of what you've been through. Now that you've been healed, those anger issues are going to leave. Isn't that cool? And you also have struggled, because we all have, you've struggled with a little bit of unforgiveness, sort of like holding grudges and remembering things, and it's just eaten away at you. How am I doing? (laughs) Boy, you two girls are really, really cute. What is your first name? Elissa? Hey, Elissa. What's your name? Willie? Lily. Lily. Thank God it's not Willie. <laughs> it's Lily. How old are you? Eleven. Eleven? How old are you? Twelve. See, you should have said like eleven and a half, you know, because when this, I'm eleven. You never hear me say, well, I'm sixty-four and a half. <laughs> Stay away from boys, both of you. Good. <laughs> so uh, I break all that stuff off of you. The anger and the rage, I break it off of you there. The areas where you struggle with unforgiveness, you struggle with it. The Lord says, let it go. Let it go! Because the unforgiveness will kill you before it kills them. So all this torment that was over you has been removed. You're going to feel like a million pounds of stuff has come off of you. All right, And I'm going to tell you what else. Even though you love her with everything that's in you, you have not been able to love her the way you've wanted to because of this baggage that you've been carrying all your life. You know what I'm talking about. But that's all going to be healed, and you're going to get restored, and you're going to be set free, and you're going to begin to enjoy your walk with God and your marriage to this precious young woman. So you today literally got a million-dollar prophecy from Jesus Christ, and you will never be the same. Amen. God bless you. You're welcome. Amen, amen. You guys, husband and wife right here? No. No? Why don't you guys stand up? And uh, did you notice how he answered? No. <laughs> okay. Maybe someday, but not right now. Well, isn't that interesting that you would bring that up? <laughs> anyway, what's your first name? I'm Brandon. Hey, Brandon. And your name? Stacy. Hey, Stacy. Uh, you guys are dating, obviously. Yes. Good. Where's your home church? Well, that's good. Okay, I'm just curious. How long have you been uh, attending here? Well, this is my first or fifth time in like five years. Cool. This is my first. And you're first. Cool. Good, good, good. Well, I'm supposed... Yeah, welcome, <laughs> says the pastor. Thank you. No, we're so glad you're here. I'm supposed to say this to you, my dear, that currently there are a number of people that are holding judgments against you that no matter what you do, you cannot appease them. You've done everything you can to make everybody happy, and it's only getting worse. About a week ago, you said, I can't take this anymore. And you almost said, man, 
I can't take it. And the Lord says, you're right, you can't. But today, you're going to experience a supernatural release of all the stress and strain that is upon you. Your physical body has begun to shut down because of what you're under. And the Lord says there, I break all of that stuff off of you, and you're going to recover your sanity. You're going to recover your health. And the Lord also told me to tell you that there was a chapter in your life when there was physical abuse and you never got over the emotional scarring of that. And the Lord says there, I also healed you of that. You are welcome. The Lord also told me to tell you that you've had a sense that there has been something spiritual that has been attached to your life for so long that you never thought you could be freed from it. And it is not God. It is something demonic. And you did nothing to earn it, deserve it. But something has attached itself to your life. And the Lord told me to tell you that your family has been under a curse for several generations. And the Lord says, today, my dear one, that'd be you, I am breaking there that family curse off of you and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Your physical health is going to recover fully. Your emotional health is going to recover fully. And the Lord told me to tell you to get ready to understand the call of God that is upon your life. You're just now beginning to live the life that God has called you to live. Old things are passed away, and most of them need to, and all things become new from this day forward. Now I'm going to ask you to lift your hands, and I'm going to pray right now. I want you to receive this. I now speak the joy of the Lord over you. Hit her, nail her, zap her, cream her. Joy, 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 like she has never known. Drink it in, 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 drink it in. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You may be seated. Now, young man, I don't know you, and I know nothing about you. Business, 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 business. Over the next five years, look for a dramatic increase. Uh, in your yearly income, look for new adventures, look for new successes. The Lord would say the people that you trusted in the past did nothing but stick it to you. You don't need them anymore. You need me. Together, we're going to make it. We're going to make it big. The anointing to get wealth is upon you. And both of you are going to recover in the area of real estate, houses, buildings, land, some residential, some commercial. There's even some real estate blessings ahead for both of you, not as husband and wife, but separately. I see you both coming into some real estate holdings, uh, says the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Young man at the end of the seat, stand up right out there. You got that, uh, you got your sweatshirt uh, uh, thing in your mouth. What's your first name? Hayden. Uh, hey, Hayden. Uh, Hayden, I want you to read uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Just read the second chapter of Acts. Get what I'm saying? But you're going to begin to dream the dreams of God, says the Lord. Young man, would you please stand up? What's your first name? Christopher. Evangelism, 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 <laughs> evangelism, 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 evangelism. Evangelism, 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 evangelism. Yes. 
Amen. You may be seated. Stand up, young man. Your first name? Chris. Hey, Chris, the Lord told me to tell you that you've been faithful. God's been testing you for the last five years to find out what you were made of, and you passed the test. You were not being punished. You were being tested, says the Lord. And now God says, I'm going to open doors for you to serve the church. Look, look, look for opportunities to serve the church. You're going to be entrusted with more responsibilities because I tested you, and I found out that you were in this for me and not for you. You were not being punished. You were being tested. And now with that spirit of excellence that is upon you do everything that i bring your way to do to the glory of god says the lord amen and amen young man can i pray for you real quick i walked in about with you guys this morning right yeah that was you guys and what's your first name matthew. hey matthew how old are you 17, 17. uh 6'5 yeah. is that right can you jump no. doesn't have to just stand under the basket. I'll give you the ball. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, where do you live? Okay. I'm supposed to tell you, the Lord has a plan, a path, predetermined and predesigned just for you. You're going to walk in it. You're going to know the favor of God and the favor with man. But you're going to begin to influence those around you. Uh, you're not going to be a wallflower. You're not going to be an unknown, uh, insignificant voice in the church, but God's going to give you a voice, and people are going to hear you and listen to you. You're 17 years old. It's going to take a while, but you're going to have a voice in the church. I didn't say this church, but the church. So you're a 17-year-old kid, probably haven't thought much about this, but you're going to have a voice in the church. Uh, and God is going to do great things with your life. And I saw a path. I saw a path already pre-marked out that you're going to walk in. And the book of Ephesians talks about uh, the good works that were foreordained for us to walk in. And that's what I saw. So I'm supposed to tell you at 17, everything's been mapped out and planned out. I'm also supposed to tell you that your angel has returned. I'm supposed to tell you that he is going to uh, begin to accompany you. Uh, it's going to be very obvious of his presence. And his purpose will be both protection and ministry because there will be a great demand upon your life and you'll need that angel to refresh you, as angels often do. When Jesus came out of his uh, temptation, uh, 40 days, he was ministered to by the angels. And so if he needs ministering to, so do you. Amen. Um, also, I'm just going to tell you what I see, but there's going to be an influence that you have in other nations. I don't know if you'll go there, but the influence that you will have will cross over national borders and you will have influence in other nations. You get what I'm saying? Listen to this. Get a passport if you don't have one. Buy some good luggage and uh, get ready because doors will open for you. Uh, to tread on foreign soil uh, and to do the will of God. So look for some missionary work as well, says the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Now, early on, uh, early on in the meeting, I looked at you, sweetie pie. Why don't you stand right up? I looked at you, and the Lord told me to tell you to promise you something. And he told me to promise you better health. And the Lord told me to tell you from the top of your head uh, to the soles of your feet, everything that shouldn't be there uh, is getting rid uh, of now. 
Uh, and so in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the finger of God, is putting his finger on those things that need to be removed. And so tell her that I'm cleaning house, says the Lord, and tell her that she can expect a clean bill of health. Tell her she can expect a greater level of health from me. Tell her I did it. Tell her I did it. So I'm supposed to tell you he did it. Amen. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Sweetheart, can I pray for you real quick? Would you stand up? What's your first name? Hey, Sandy. And Sandy, where do you go to church? You want to get your mobile device out? Uh, married? And where's your hubby? He's home? Okay. Uh, is your hubby a believer? Okay, good. He just happens to be home. Okay, good. And so he'll like this word because all believers like money prophecies. But is he currently employed? And are you currently employed? Okay. Well, one or both of you is going to receive a significant blessing from God in the area of employment. Um, your annual income needs to increase dramatically, and that doesn't happen by angels dropping money into your lap. So one or both of you need to look for a promotion and advancement, and it's going to be uh, uh, realized in a higher uh, yearly income, all right? So it could be one, could be both, but one of you is about to get a promotion. Isn't that cool? Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about is siblings. Do you have any siblings? I have two. Okay, now don't only answer the questions specifically are those two in this room they are. okay and what are their sexes no, uh, brothers. two brothers okay now the oldest one of the two so the, neither of them are in this room Correct. okay the oldest one of the two all right god has been trying to get his attention uh and god has how old is he he's 49 okay he's 49 right he's 48. okay he's 48 how old's the other one okay all right, all right, so you know who I'm talking about. Okay, God, of the two, the oldest one, God's trying to get his attention, and it's not working. So the Lord said, I'm going to try a new way, in ways and means to get his attention, and so he's going to start showing interest in your life and in your devotion to God, and so get ready for some questions to come from him that you never thought would come in a million years. And the younger one has some serious issues, uh, and the Lord said, I'm going to visit him uh, at night, I'm going to send an angel to him because of your prayers, and I will begin to put him uh, back. He's a Humpty Dumpty. He's a Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall, and he's in a million pieces. Uh, but the Lord says, I don't need all the king's men and all the king's horses. The Lord says, I am going to put that uh, Humpty Dumpty uh, back together again. Is your oldest sibling married? My oldest sibling is approaching 80. Okay, and how old is he? 48 or 49, okay. And so uh, just agree with me. I, I didn't know that, of course, but remember what the Lord said. It doesn't change now that you've told me that uh, because God does want to get through to him and he's not paying attention. Um, so there's a wife of the second one. Is he married? No. The second sibling isn't married? No. There's no wife uh, with the second one ever? No. Okay, that's fine because I was going to say something about her, but since she hasn't materialized yet, I'll prophesy over her later. Um, where does he live? Florida. Ah, okay. The yeah. Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where we should be. Have you stepped I outside lately? <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk to you about is your giving. Uh, the Lord told me to tell you 
uh, that he wants to bring your giving to a higher level, which, of course, he won't make you do. But I'm supposed to tell you that you've been kind of plotting this. You're very methodical. You're a good plotter and planner. You've got all these lists. You write everything out. Uh, and you've got this plan to, to plot out and plan your finances. And the Lord said, you and I need to have a conversation. And when we do, I'll begin to speak to you how to bring your giving to the next level, which is between you and God. And when that happens, your receiving will also come to the next level. <coughs> Slap me five. Amen. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Uh, okay, if you uh, have a migraine that uh, migrates along the right side of your head. It starts above your right eye and migrates around the right side of your head. If you have a migraine or a history of migraines and that describes where they are and how they travel, you need to stand up real quick. Stand up. Okay, good. It's the right side. They start right here above your right eye, right here. And they migrate right around here and very debilitating. So I'm going to ask you, if you're standing, to please lift your hands and receive this. Okay, good. Lift your hands. You have migraines, young man? Okay. I might be because you're sucking on that string on your sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Lift your hands if you're standing, and I want you to receive from the healer. Receive from the healer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I curse at its roots the cause of these debilitating migraines. And in the name of Jesus, whether I lay hands on you or not, receive now, there, a healing of these terrible, debilitating migraines that start above the right eye and migrate around to the right side of your neck. In the name of Jesus, I curse them. I curse them. I curse them. I command them to come off of you. And I command that you would not have those headaches and those migraines that are so debilitating that you can't even function. They are not the will of God, and I break them off of all of you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Pastor Eric.